0: Of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This is a two part episode and I am pleased to present to you two incredible actors. In our first segment, we invite actor Sharia Irving. From bringing diverse, powerful characters to life on screen and stage to spearheading efforts to empower, uplift, and mentor young women of color. Actor and youth activist, Sharia Irving is poised to make her mark not only in the entertainment industry, but in the social impact sector as well. I sat down with Sharia Irving to talk about her latest project, the TV FX Hulu series called Kendra. She plays Olivia in the new series, and we are excited to chat with her about it. In our second segment, we interview actor Michael Ward, the Jamaican-born actor who grew up in East London, first made his debut in Brotherhood in 2016, and also starred in the Netflix British crime drama series Top Boy in 2019, subsequently starred in the film Blue Story, which the same year, he won the BAFTA Rising Star Award for his performance. He also received a BAFTA nomination for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Steve McQueen's small acts, Lover's Rock. However, now he is starring in the new film called Empire of Light. Ward gives a layered and heartbreaking performance as a young adult coming of age and developing a complicated romantic relationship with his co-worker Hillary, played by Olivia Colman. So we are excited to bring to you again two incredible segments by two fantastic and amazing actors. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring actors Sharia Irving and Michael Ward. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. Listen, it is here, you guys. We are excited and we have been waiting with bated breath for Octavia E. Butler's works to be adapted on the screen, whether it be the big screen or the small screen. We just want to see it in either our homes, on TV, on TV. Um, or in the theaters one day. And in this case, we're going to see it on the small screen and be able to binge watch it. And I'm so excited to have our guest, Sharia Irving, who is on the series, who plays Olivia on the show. And she's going to talk to us about that. And also, she's got some really great work that she is doing with her company called Shaping Her Earth, which is a nonprofit that empowers young girls of color. So she's more than just the work that is around Kindred, which, of course, we're excited to talk about. But I also want to talk about the amazing work that she's doing for young women of color. Sharia, thank you so much for coming on the Black Girl Nerds podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I consider myself a Black girl nerd, so I am excited <laughs> and delighted to be here to talk with you and all of your listeners.
0: Absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you. It's such a pleasure to be able to speak with you and to talk about Kindred, because I loved that book. It's it's one of my favorites from Octavia's work and I'm so excited that it is now being made into a series. So you play Olivia, which she is a bit of a departure from the book, which is fascinating to see how, you know, the adaptation of Butler's story will go into this series. So can you share what kind of role Olivia plays in Dana's life, who we know Dana, who's the the lead protagonist of the story. What role does she play in Dana's life and what it meant to you playing this character?
1: Yeah, so... First, being a part of Octavia E. Butler's legacy is tremendous. <laughs> it's tremendous, you know, and, and playing this new character, Olivia, I feel like I'm actually adding to the legacy. Um, b- breathing life into this new character is an honor, but it is also a lot of pressure, you know. Um, but but I believe that the character that uh, Brandon Jacob Jenkins created with care, I think it will blend seamlessly into the world of Kindred, and, um, and the greatest hope is that it will give the story room to expand on the screen. So um, without saying too much, Olivia is an ancestral relative of Dana, uh, whom she rediscovers, and Dana is played by Mallory Johnson. I love her. She's amazing, um, and playing with her has, has been really wonderful. On screen. I can't wait to, to hear uh, what everybody thinks of, um, of, of her portrayal of Dana. Um, but uh, she is, uh, they are both time travelers, which um, is new for this series. They're both time travelers. Um, And so Olivia, too, is this modern-day woman transported back to the absolute worst time in history to be both Black and a woman. Um, I think that she's fearless, she's sharp-minded, she's resourceful, um, and we see all of this through her establishing an identity and and maintaining her freedom in this pre-Civil War era of slavery.
0: You bring up a good point to be traveled back into the worst time in history, oh, yeah. being black, being a woman. Well, you know, why do you think this story of Kindred is important to tell today?
1: It uh, is so important, first of all, because of Octavia Butler's initial intent, which is to defend the integrity of enslaved people. Uh, to show the brutality that my ancestors, our ancestors faced, that it was brutal and inescapable, um, and and to highlight their their incredible will to survive. So, so this story is unique and important that we have a rare opportunity to time travel and bear witness to their humanity, um, and to experience maybe just a kernel of the inhumanity that they experienced. Um, this story is is so important because. Uh, it it is absolutely necessary that we as audience members um, look back at the past so that we may better understand how we became who and what we are, and so that hopefully we'll move to a better, brighter future. You know, those are the principles of Sankofa. So uh, I think that this story that Octavia E. Butler wrote and that that Brandon Jacob Jenkins adapted... Um, is necessary in a time like this when when people are whitewashing slavery. Mm, <laughs> so right. um, it's, it's absolutely necessary, I think.
0: It is necessary. I mean, I, I have to say it's an indictment on the public school system, at least where I grew up, that I didn't even learn about Octavia Butler's work until after I graduated high school. Actually, even after college and I went to an HBCU (laughs) so yes I shout out to Norfolk State University I love you know go Spartans I love my alma mater but I didn't even know about Octavia's work until after um, college and that really until I dove into the work of black girl nerds that I started learning about who she was so most of her books and her work I just read like within the last 10 years um, so have you read Butler's work prior to getting on Kindred? And if so, what have you found the most remarkable about her work and her legacy?
1: So like you, I, I found my way to Miss Butler's work a lot later in life. Um, my first, uh, introduction to her was, uh, her, through her last novel, Fledgling. Mm. And I was so struck by, you know, uh, the highlighting of otherness, uh, this, this the construction of belonging um, uh, how to use power without weaponizing it there's so many things that she lifted in that book and true T I hadn't read kindred until I booked it I, <laughs> I I think I was talking to Brandon and he was like you've read the book right this is the audition and I'm like read it and I didn't I didn't read it I'd read a bunch of synopsis you know for for those in the acting world we get a lot of scripts and it is fast it is fast the turnaround to learn this language and um, to audition with it is quick so I didn't have honestly the time to read the book but after getting it I was like I got to get into it let me get into it and um, when I finally read it, I realized the weight of this show and the responsibility that we collectively had to, to honor her story. Um, but I I am such a fan of her and I find it most remarkable about her that she literally wrote herself into history. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she literally wrote herself into history against all odds. She broke into an all-white, all-male genre. Um, and for that alone I think we all need to give her her flowers and then she's she's extremely talented she she creates these credible worlds uh and 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 these characters that make you feel and 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 on these premises that that challenge society so um I'm I'm a huge fan of hers and I think my love for her has truly grown during this uh doing this project.
0: I wish I remembered what the story was. Do you happen to remember what the story was, the origin story behind Octavia Butler writing Kindred? Someone was challenging her in a class that she was in. About, yeah. What, yeah. What was I that think, story? <laughs> okay, so I so without
1: botching it, I believe that her original, the reason why she wrote Kindred was because of, of her students in the 1990s Challenging uh, the ability to be a slave. Mm. Um, This was, uh, and and I I don't think actually it probably isn't the 1990s, but I think it was like during the Black Power movement um, that people were saying. Yeah, it must uh, have been
0: earlier than that because exactly. I think it was earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think it was a lot earlier than that, Um, and I think that it was because people kept saying, "I could never be a slave." And that these people allowed things to happen to them, not really understanding um, that these were fully fleshed out humans that, that were just trying to survive for survival's sake. Mm-hmm. And that if they were in the same space, i.e. Dana, if they were in the same space, they would have to use their resourcefulness to do the same thing, to survive. Um, and I think that, that she wrote, kindred out of that respect that deep respect for what our ancestors went through
0: wow and it's, it's like it's put some, some respect on my name put some respect know? on my name okay and she she really told them because that is a masterful piece of work and Look, it still resonates today. It's a TV series that's being made out of her work. Uh, I wish she was still here to to be able to see it. Um, I hope we made her proud.
1: You know, I think yeah. I think once set uh, with everybody, there was this this consensus to make her proud. Um, we know that the ancestors are always looking down on us, um, guiding us. Um, imbuing us with what we need in order to be our best here on this earth and every time we went in to do a scene I think we had such a um, we 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 revere her work and and this story and it, it, it's so big for the culture so I think that we always went into it to honor her and and we hope we hope that we did just that.
0: I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, I- Okay, good. Tell me about it. I've been able to watch (laughs) the first five episodes. And what I really like is the fact that it's framed under this horror genre. We're, We're getting a little bit of a thriller. Um, well, slavery
1: it's, is is very horrific. It
0: is very <laughs> horrific. It is, and um, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, just the way. Obviously, the, the the pacing is. I should say obviously, as if you know already, but <laughs> the the pacing is really good uh the the performances are incredible and i just like the way the story is being executed in this way i i do take a little issue i'm gonna be honest i do take a little issue with the fact that kevin and dana are not married i'm like okay why did they change that but aside from that um i, I i'm really enjoying the series and i i look forward to seeing the fan reactions um to it as well because it's it, the, the storytelling is done in a way that keeps you interested. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. And and um, and that and that's exactly it, w- the way it was when I read the novel. I'm like, okay, I, I have to keep turning the page. I have to keep <laughs> exactly. going.
1: Exactly, so, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, there will be things, there will be things, departures from the books um, right. that, that we are hopeful that, because we speak about this very often, but we hope that people will go along you know go with the journey go on the journey with us and I think that some of the changes really lend to expanding her work on screen um it's it's always tough to turn a beloved book into a uh into a piece of theater into a piece of a film it's it's always tough because we we they have you know books have their diehard fans but we're we're really hoping um that that Everybody approaches it with an open mind and understands that the, the, this type of expansion of her universe is necessary um, yeah. for it to continue on effects. Well,
0: I, I think what was necessary, and I'm glad that they made that change, was making it more modern for today's viewer um, as opposed to keeping it within that 1970s time capsule Um, Because it's already dated by it being, by keeping it in the 70s. And then she's traveling back to the 1800s. So I I like the fact that, you know, she's got a smartphone and she's on the internet. She
1: intended. It's what she intended too, because she wrote it in the 70s. She wrote it in the 70s. So she intended it as a modern piece of, uh, a a modern piece of story that, that can translate today to,
0: uh, yeah, complete sense. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think I think fans will definitely not take any issue with that. And I I hope they don't take issue with any of the other creative liberties because books, books, when they're adapted into TV shows and movies, there's always some creative differences because it's very hard to adapt. A book. book no. and I'm always several pages I'm
1: always the critic I love <laughs> my books the books that I love I love and I'm like no do not turn it into anything else because it's sacred um but this this I I've kind of you know changed my mind a little bit because yeah this you know Kendra will reach so many um so many more audiences and um and that's exciting that, that's yeah. super exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, and I'm excited for the folks that maybe haven't read the book that will watch this series and Absolutely. be intrigued by it. And maybe we'll go to reading the book afterwards and learning more about Octavia Butler's work. So, Well,
1: speaking yeah. of which, um, my nonprofit is having a book club where we're reading Kindred. Um, I work with... Uh, I work with high school and college students, and so we have a book club that will explore the work of Octavia Butler, starting with Kindred. Because even with our our young people getting them interested in books, uh, it, uh, you, using this uh, using this television show to get them interested in um, in Octavia Butler is 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 just it's like it's perfect. It's kids' med, mm. so. Um, you know, our book club will be will get our girls to um, into into Octavia Butler. And that's exciting for me specifically.
0: Oh, wow. That is amazing. I wish I had access to those kinds of clubs when I was younger. Um, but of course. Right. <laughs> that, that is. So, well, tell me about that. You're the founder of Shaping Her Earth. It's a nonprofit that empowers young girls of color. Um, share with us what that organization represents and what inspired you to create it?
1: Well, um, okay. So we all know, and if we don't know, let's, let's learn that there are persistent gaps and in structural barriers um, for women of color, black women specifically average low percentages in college enrollment and occupying high wage jobs. So she uh, targets that Um, We specifically provide resources, close access gaps, and improve opportunities for young women of color. Our specific mission is to equip young women of color with the tools to claim their space, uplift their communities, grow their talents, and use their voices to affect positive change in their lives and the lives of others. Um, So she is such a, a, is a major response to living in this world in this world where black and bl- brown girls um are not seen through the lens that they should be uh i i say she a lot but she is the acronym for shaping her earth it just um, dawned I used- on
0: me I, yeah, I, I feel so dense right <laughs> no, now like don't the- <laughs>
1: don't and i'm realizing i'm saying that and i <laughs> I'm like, you're like, who is she? Who is she? Yeah, like she. (laughs) She stands for shaping her earth. Um, And for those of you who don't know, um, I was a former educator in the New York City public school system. I used to teach sixth grade special education. Um, Shout out to the Bronx Writing Academy and shout out to all of my students um, because they are literally the inspiration for this uh, organization. Um, I mentored a lot of young women at that time um, and I saw that they needed it. They needed mentorship. They needed guidance. They needed someone to um, to uh, expand their thinking, to, uh, to take them out of their environment. We'd go on different trips and, and just to see the world differently. Um, and uh, she became a, a major answer to that without it being. I just started mentoring young women, <laughs> literally. Just started mentoring young women and it became... It became bigger and bigger, and I started knowing more young women. I mean, I feel like I'm a young woman. Okay, Uh, (laughs) they keep me young, and um, and so our programming has expanded. We're literally on two college campuses right now: uh, the University of Columbia University, and then the University of um, Southern California in LA. So we are growing and building, and definitely, um, you know, pushing the next generation of uh, young women of color forward.
0: That is absolutely amazing. I mean, you guys are doing great things with the book clubs and onboarding young women for success and mentoring them. What what kind of impact have you seen take place from the girls and women that you've worked with from your organization?
1: Well, our girls, uh, 67% of them, of whom are are first generation college students, <laughs> they are all performing above average. Uh, they are securing internships at Fortune 500 companies. They are building their own businesses. They are participating in leadership roles on campus. Um, and they are graduating with honors. Oh. We, our, our mentorship programs, our collegiate cohorts, uh, the scholarship, the internship programs, the, the the community service workshops, retreats that we do, they all work together um, to, to um to give financial resources for their professional endeavors, um, uh, to connect them with the community, our mentorship program. We have college students uh, mentoring back at the high school level, so it's connecting them. Um, and it is just, we're providing the opportunity for them to grow themselves. So our impact is uh, is great. We are growing and glowing and, <laughs> um, and really, You know, just sowing the seed. Um, I I was raised in a family that always taught us to serve my sister and I. How are you serving? You know, your service is the rent that you pay for being here. How are you being of service? Um, And so uh, my hope is that that this service to the young girls that look like me, um, to providing them the blueprint, to giving them resources, uh, to being present for them, Will continue to create that uh, that impact that that is necessary, especially living in today's society.
0: And we need it. We need it. We need it. I wish I had something like this when I was younger. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that you have this organization for. The young women of today to grow up to become amazing entrepreneurs. And you said something that Absolutely. struck me. You you said sowing the seed, and I'm like, hmm, maybe your next book club pick can be Wild Seed. Okay, Butler. Okay. Well, you know, our
1: so uh, so it's really lovely because um, this year we are um, partnered with the Octavia e. Butler Legacy Foundation. Mm-hmm. and um so we're we are going to be reading tons of Activia E. Butler books other books as well by women of color yeah. um, um but i will definitely put that book on the list <laughs> wow <Well>, see done
0: <laughs> so where can our listeners learn more about she shaping her earth and also any other projects that you're working on that we should be checking out
1: uh so okay, so first definitely check us out on our website www.shapingherearth.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at shaping her Earth And this is a big one. We are always looking for professional mentors to help guide um, our college students to greatness. Representation matters, role models are important. So if you are a boss or you feel like you're a boss and you can offer, um, a young woman, uh, some professional insight, please sign up to be a mentor on our website. We're starting a virtual mentorship class for 2023. So please uh, do that. And also if you if you don't wanna be a mentor and you wanna be involved, you can donate. <laughs> Click that donate button. Um, we are a 501C3, um, so your donations are tax deductible, uh, but we need the help of our community um, to continue to do the work for our community. Um, and as far as projects are concerned right now, I'm just breathing and believing, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some irons in the fire, uh, but, but we all know that as actors, you can't speak too quick. So I'm just going to continue to do the work and um, hopefully some really, really great things start to, to grow from the seeds that I've been planting.
0: Indeed. Uh, Sharia, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. You are oh, such a bright light. Oh, the pleasure is all
1: mine. Thank you. Thank you oh, so much. No Thank problem. You so much. And
0: I, I really enjoyed your uh, role as Olivia on this show. And your your character is very significant in this, Thank you. In this story. Thank you so, so
1: much. Um, I'm excited about it. And I can't wait <laughs> to hear what other people think about, you know, think about Olivia um, because As I said earlier, there's a lot of pressure there uh, in having a new character um, outside of uh, Octavia E. Butler's original work. I hope that uh, people will love her, uh, will go on the journey with her, um, and hopefully that that her presence can um, uh, do more to to strengthen what Octavia E. Butler initially intended. So um, thank you for saying that. That just makes me light up so much um it's been an honor to speak with you uh as an honorary black girl nerd so <laughs> i appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk to me about my process with kindred and also about my nonprofit thank you
0: oh you are quite welcome and you're welcome to come back anytime so anytime please. yay <laughs> <laughs> Please, your next project, let us know. And also, just post it on She, because I, I think you're doing amazing things. Again, I can't say it enough. I wish I had something like that when I was young. And and we need more young women and young Black women to be exposed to these types of organizations to empower them and build them up and give them the confidence to go out and be the great women that they are.
1: Absolutely. That's it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: All right, Sharia. Well, thank you so much. Um, It was a pleasure speaking with you and um, we look forward to talking to you next time.
1: Absolutely. Everybody tune in. Kindred premieres on the 13th of December. I can't wait for it. Um, Thank you so much for this conversation and I look forward to talking to you more in the future.
0: You so much for taking the time to talk to black girl nerds we're actually recording this for our podcast so uh thank you for being here and talking to us um and allowing our listeners uh to be able to listen and hear you talk about your latest film empire of light for our listeners can you tell us about your role as steven in this film
2: um i'd say steven is a young black man just full of positivity, um, hopefulness and, um, love, you know, he just exudes a lot of love and I think that's truly important within a screenplay like this, um, you know, to have that representation of a a young black man. Um, but Stephen essentially, you know, works in the cinema in the Southeast coast of England. He starts where you find him working in the cinema in the Southeast coast of England, and he makes a connection with this, um, um lovely older woman Hillary. Um and then they kind of go on this like up and down relationship um built off of connection because of their loneliness, which I think is um beautiful. You know, it's just two characters brought brought together because they're lonely and they connect and they see each other for who they are and don't let, you know, race, age, and all any other thing kind of, you know, affect what they want to do
0: absolutely and you use the perfect word beautiful encapsulates this film tremendously it's beautiful performances it's shot beautifully Uh, the cinematography is so amazing and i really enjoyed this three-dimensional complicated relationship between your character and hillary and there's not only the age barrier but there's also the interracial relationship which back in the eighties was a bit controversial back then. So what are Steven's motives for forming a relationship with Hillary?
2: Um, I don't necessarily think there was any motives for forming the the relationship. You know, I feel like it was all instinctive and just connection. Um, like I said, you know, they spent a lot of time like alone together. Like when he goes to see her um, on New Year's and then when, you know, they're fit, when they both had like, you know, Hillary's gone through a little situation, well, not little, her situation with Mr. Ellis, and then Stephen's gone through a situation on his way to work, you know, and they're both cut, like, you know, in this weird place, and then they go to look after the pigeon that they found. And that's where it all kind of begins, you know what I mean? So that's what I mean. They're kind of just drawn together by the things that, um you know, allow them, no, well, not allow them, make them outcast within this um screenplay. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. They do share a lot of parallels. Um, you know for performers sometimes you know you as an actor they have to find parts of themselves in order to relate to a character so in order to really kind of dig deep into a role so were there parts of Stephen that are similar to Michael?
2: Um, I feel like we have a, a lot of similarities in in general anyway because you know like I said I like to jude love you know I don't really like to be Negative, um, although I am quite negative sometimes. Um, <laughs> but that's not, never the intention. Um, and also, so I just like to feel like I'm a bit different um, to the people in my world because uh, outside of the people that I've worked with, I never knew anyone that wanted to be an actor. Um, I never knew anyone that wanted to um, go do modeling. I remember when I went to college for the first time and I used to be in a class with, uh, you know, the the other girls and the other boys and you know people is not like you know we'd be doing dance and that and people and they're like you know we're doing ballet you know we're in like tights and stuff like that and I used to feel like mad uncomfortable because I knew that's like you know that's not necessarily what my people would um think I'd, I'd be doing in acting lessons you know what I'm saying but also at the same time I enjoyed those lessons I really found them fun I learned so much you know what I mean so I just always felt like I was a bit different um And I feel that Steven's the same, the fact that he studies architecture and he wants to go to university and, you know, and the fact that he can actually go and spend New Year's Eve with this um, older white woman, Um, you know, it's like it's New Year's Eve. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like not many people can do that. So I really found those things intriguing about him.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many compelling moments and scenes in this film where, are there still moments that kind of stick with you? You're, you're going through this press tour, you're talking about the film. Are there still scenes that resonate with you?
2: I mean, a lot of it resonates with me. Um, Do you mean like a positive way or a negative way? Like, in terms-
0: <laughs> Well, both. I mean, if, if it has negatively impacted you, I know that there were some really um, tension-filled moments in the movie. I mean, what, are there moments that you still, you know, it still sticks with you?
2: Um, well, definitely, you know, I think for me, I, I, I'll I talk about the positive stuff first that, you know, even um being part of a film, what meant so much to the area that you're filming in was seriously special. You know, it was filming in this small um, seaside town called um, Margate. And, um, I remember when we was filming on the rooftop for New Year's Eve, um, the whole town knew um, and cause there was going to be fireworks and stuff. So, you know, we kind of had to put a word out cause it was going to be obviously very loud. And then every, like it was like an event, loads of people came to watch it. It literally felt like New Year's Eve. And it was just so special to know that something that you're doing, cause they haven't probably had that in a very, very long time, you know? So to bring people together, know that something that you're a part, that you're a part of is much bigger than, you know, you and the production, you get what I'm trying to say was seriously special. And I'll never forget that night. Um, so I'm glad I got to do that. And in terms of like something that's I wouldn't say sticks with me, but something that I remember like really stood out to me at the time was the scene with um Mr. Cooper where he, he's eating the chips and um yeah. you know Olivia um not Olivia, Hillary kind of makes it okay by coming in and trying to be, you know, uh, you know, trying to basically dismiss the situation. I feel like in that situation is the first time I it, it really resonated with me about the you know the walk of a black person back then um, because you know in that in that situation it, people are going to be racist right but the people the, the people that aren't racist that can say something um, you know and, and until they do it 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 it's never like it's never going to be okay Um, do you know what I mean because Hillary had the opportunity in that scene to say something to him or even just kick him out of the cinema um, or just tell him that is not okay and you should not be doing that and then he'll have to check himself in that moment I can't do it because I'm black and he already looks at me like I'm less of a person Um, yeah I mean and the fact that she kind of comes in and tries to dismiss the situation I think is what really really um annoyed Stephen um and for me, it just made me really think about you know the lack of support black people had from you know their white friends and stuff like that, which is something that Sam mentioned as well. You know he didn't really know how to navigate those situations when he was younger. Um, so you know this is something that he wanted to express within this movie too. Um, and I feel like that was really important. But I just remember leaving that day and just thinking, man, all we needed as um, as black people, not even needed even still now is just more support from the the majority because when white people go to africa and stuff like that they you know they get treated with love and respect um and i'm not saying obviously that you know that doesn't happen um in the uk for me or anything like that i'm just saying that you know people can support um, people a lot more as, as far as racism goes anyway
0: yeah yeah white people need to use their privilege a lot more they don't realize they have it um i agree with you completely your your chemistry with olivia Coleman is just palpable um, and it was really incredible. And I had read that uh, you had actually met Olivia several weeks before rehearsal started. So what was that process of forming that relationship, building that rapport with her uh, before going into rehearsal? Um,
2: when when we met, it wasn't like, you know, we met up and stuff. Like that. I literally went to watch her screening of The Lost Daughter because I knew I was going to be working with her. I wanted to show some support and also just see her work. Um so I watched a lost daughter, I went to a lost daughter screen and then there was like a little, not even an after party, like some drinks afterwards. And then I, I just went up to her and just, you know, told her I was excited to be to to you know eventually start working with her. And then I hadn't seen her from them till we started the rehearsal. So um, you know, we kind of built all of that rapport and connection from the rehearsal all the way through to the shoot. And what's crazy is actually when they started filming, um, obviously, cause it's shot in chronological order, you know, I don't come in until maybe like halfway through the first act. So, you know, they'd filmed quite a bit before I got there. So, you know, I was just super excited to get back on set and just be in the same room as them again and stuff like that. So yeah, man, I feel like it was, it. we didn't get a lot of time to be able to build, um, you know, a connection that Steven and, um. Hillary have but if even if when you watch the screenplay anyway Stephen and Hillary meet and they they're instantly kind of you know drawn together and I felt like that was literally um the same thing between me and Olivia once we started getting into it you know it was just so easy I felt so comfortable because Olivia's such an amazing person and and she allows you to feel you know feel like you can be vulnerable around her and um I feel like when when I'm able to be vulnerable even with Sam he does the same you you can do your best work because then there's no ego there's no um, sense of insecurity you know you, you're all being vulnerable together and then you can all grow together which is a special feeling
0: wow that's just your testament as your talent as actors that you guys can just allow that to permeate on screen and, and not having to build that long rapport with each other and for that to translate so well so um, great job with that. Um, I, I did want to shift to your work with um, Steve McQueen's Small Axe uh, anthology because I absolutely loved seeing your performance in Lover's Rock. And I think that the idea of historical films about the Black experience across the pond is needed, that we need to see more of those kinds of films. So where do you see Black cinema from various diasporas being represented in Hollywood,
2: um, I feel like it definitely needs to happen a lot more, and you know that's that's the conversation we need to be a part of. As a <clears throat> Jamaican born um, man, like I just that's the stories that I want to tell. I want to tell stories for my people. I want to see them represented more. Because when I think about films from an early age, Shotters, which is that one of the only Jamaican films that I like I know personally, you know, I found out about some more now, but um, shot is something that I watch on repeat, on repeat because I just wanted to hear people that spoke like my mum and my uncles. You get know what I'm trying to say? Um, that I can um understand and also see Jamaica because I I left there when I was four years old and I only went back this year for the first time. But uh, like you know, seeing um that represented on on in a cinema like that not in cinema but on a movie, you know, and it feeling so real and authentic, you know. I just want to have, I want to give kids more of that experience because they might not be able to relate to something like Shot as or they might not have, not that they won't have access to it, they just won't go to watch that. So if I can, you know, bring something like that forward um, into this day and age, that would be special for me. But um, yeah, man, I feel like it just needs to be represented a lot more. Um, But that comes with, you know, um, nurturing talent, you know, more writers, more directors, more actors that want to do those things as well. Um, so we can, you know, come together and collaborate, which is super, super important. Um, so that's why I'm glad that I was able to be a part of the small acts anthology series and be able to, you know, use a Jamaican voice that is authentic and real to a lot of Jamaicans and, um, friends and family and stuff like that. And also, um, yeah, man, be a part of a story like this where, you know, um, it's a, a black man is very much present within the story you know and giving jamaicans that know that i'm jamaican something to believe in which i think is seriously special
0: absolutely i know you're heavy on the campaign trail for empire of light and you're still promoting it but what's next for you
2: um yeah, definitely. Just promoting this for the moment. Um, I've got another movie coming up potentially next year as well, The Beautiful Game with Bill Nye and directed by Theo Sharrock, um, and loads of incredible um actors as well. Um, and I'm currently filming a movie um in Italy, which hopefully, um, we can say more about soon. Um, but yeah, man, it's an exciting time. But I genuinely just want to tell stories that just mean a lot to me. Um, that has something to say, and that will just helped me grow as a creative and as an actor. Um and, you know, just as a man as well. Um, so yeah, man, that's kind of where um in terms of stuff that you can expect, that's where it's all gonna be rooted at.
0: The ascent of your career has been absolutely remarkable to watch. I can't believe you're still in your 20s. Um, it's amazing to see you on the big screen. Congratulations to you and your work on Empire of Light. I hope that the conversation around Oscar buzz still starts fluttering with your name in it. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to Black Girl Nerds. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.